Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is not your mama's news. Good evening and welcome to our 10th episode of Not Your Mama's News, presented by the Union of the Unknowns. You all know me as Keel Thor, broadcasting from my recording bunker in the outskirts of Metro Atlanta, Georgia. Joining me today are the unknowns. We've got Think, Change, Repeat, otherwise known as the lovely Ashley. Hello. Connecting Atlanta to Florida like no one else can, our delightful Jackie. Hello. And she's from down under. You all know her, the quite talented Stella Q. <laughs> quite. Hello, hello. And I can't believe we've got 10, 10 episodes and I haven't said good day. So good day. Good day, mate. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, America's sweetheart, Justin. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. How's everyone so, doing tonight? We're all doing great. Doing good. So we all know how this works. We're going to throw some articles out and talk about them and yuck it up. So, Ashley, take it away. Okay, you got it. So, my story today is more Twitter news. So, the New York Times has just posted an article as of today, 1026, that Elon Musk is inching closer. So, the headline is, Elon Musk visits Twitter as $44 billion deal nears completion. So, a couple of things about that. We, like so many other things that we talked about, we sort of have multifaceted moving parts around this. So the first thing is that there is apparently some kind of federal investigation that's happening, which may be concerning Twitter, current Twitter employees or current um, like higher ups there, as opposed to Elon Musk. But there's been some rumblings that potentially the Biden uh, administration is going to be stepping in to potentially affect this, uh, the takeover, the purchase from Elon Musk. There's also some rumbling that potentially this is some sort of a 40 chess move from Elon Musk to try to bring the value or to stop the sale, basically, because originally the offer that he made was back in April, and that was for the $44 billion. Now, apparently the company is not worth that. It may be a third of that or something, uh, the value of Twitter. And then of course, there was a lot of back and forth during this time since April about the amount of bots that are actually on Twitter versus real people. So we have a lot of moving parts here. The reason that I think that this is important for us all is because we know that censorship has been happening on a large scale, um, particularly, I mean, in real life, but also on social media. And the really just wanted to point out the fact that so this deal may not end up happening but if it does and the takeover of from musk is complete then he is starting to at least make it look that way online so today he did show up at the twitter headquarters and he tweeted out and there was a photo of him and it said entering twitter headquarters let that sink in and he was carrying an actual sink so he's kind of known for his antics and it was weird, you know, I don't, except for sink, letting it sink in. Um, I don't know. I thought 
that wasn't his funniest bit, but so we have that happening and then we'll know more after Friday. The other part of this is that there are 7,500 people that are working. I believe it's 7,500 that are working for Twitter currently. And people are starting to get nervous because he had made mention of slashing employees from Twitter, which a lot of people, especially the pro free speech crowd is they're making jokes and they're saying like, you should make this a pay-per-view event and you'll recover your full cost of, <laughs> of buying Twitter, which does kind of make me laugh. So <laughs> we have that going on. The other thing that I wanted to mention is that we had talked about the X app or the everything app last time. And essentially, um, in regards to the takeover, quote, Musk has added that Twitter should become an everything app. Um, and that is modeled after WeChat, which is a Chinese platform. So that has, you know, social media and things like that, that are all kind of tied in together. But I think that we really know what the underlying um, or the underlining issue of this is going to be if, if they have an everything app in China, and we know that the technocrats and the globalists and the predator class, whatever, are working on a social credit score. They want to track your carbon emissions. They want to track your behavior, your thoughts, your speech, your spending, all of those things. And so this would be a very good candidate for creating something like that in the United States. And the other reason that this would be very interesting would be because so many people see Elon Musk as you know, sort of this rogue, you know, like he, he's not with the, the predator class and the technocrats and whatever. And that's actually not true. I mean, he has a very deep state type background. Um, and then I wanted to briefly go over some, some, uh, similarities that he actually has with America's least favorite predator, Klaus Schwab. So we have, um, some comparisons, obviously we know the world economic forum, wants to curb climate change, our carbon footprint. We have a tweet from Elon Musk saying it's high time there's a carbon tax. Uh, the World Economic Forum has, said, has said four, four reasons cities should embrace universal basic income. Elon has tweeted, as a reminder, I'm in favor of universal basic income. Uh, World Economic Forum has said three tactics to overcome covid vaccine hesitancy. Elon said, to be clear, I do support vaccines in general and COVID vac vaccines specifically. The science is unequivocal. That's obviously total <laughs> nonsense. I wouldn't um, know what science he was looking at. Great question. Um, the World Economic Forum said, would you let your employer implant a microchip in your hand? These workers have, and they go on to share an article. Then Elon Musk has a tweet that says, creating a neural lace is the thing that really matters for humanity to achieve symbiosis with machines. So he has Neuralink. Exactly. He has Neuralink. He is a deep state actor. He's saying many of the same talking points that are coming from Klaus and the Predator's predator class, and yet he's looked at as some sort of rebel free speech advocate. And I think that we, um, you know, most of us here could realize that that is um, not true at all, and especially if he's advocating for an app similar to something that's happening in China. Then I am going to end right here and turn it over to y'all. Um, Cyprian just tweeted, mark my words, Elon's Twitter will have more censorship, not less. The difference will be the sophistication with which it is done. 
the model will move from ham-handed suppression of speech to highly advanced and effective suppression of reach. Elon is not your friend. Well, I'm going to put the obvious uh, comment here. Most expensive dad joke ever. With the sink. Yes. Let that sink. Okay. Yes. Uh, but you know, uh, I'm I I don't follow Elon Musk very closely, but I I catch his tweets once in a while. I've never seen those that you were saying. They are so, very inappropriate, and I but I have seen uh, comments from him, tweets from him that are kind of favorable to free markets and liberty and stuff. So, yeah, I don't know what to think. Well, I think I. Oh, I wonder if the whole, um, like the social, this is what I was going to say earlier, the whole social media platform all encompassing one thing. So is that also include the Neuralink that he wants to put inside people's brains and have that all encompassing as well, since it's going to be an all in one platform? I mean, why I not believe, be, yeah, I believe that it would head in that direction. Now that may be the quiet part that is still not being spoken, um, at this time you know, but, and, and I think that's one of the reasons that kind of makes him so nefarious is because he does say funny things. He says things that seem to be going against the predator class. For example, he had the tweet about killing a boner real fast, and it was a picture of Bill Gates. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff that I think makes people think like, oh, Elon's based. Um, but I think we need to look at the highlights of like the man wants to put a chip in your brain and he wants to have an everything app um things like that are really concerning oh and one quick thing i did want to bring up is that we will have in the show notes that uh james corbett has done a podcast very recently about elon musk and he kind of goes over all of this stuff like yeah oh he seems so cool whatever but actually this is what is under that and it's it's not good Okay, can I bounce around to a few a few different places here? Yes. Um, so I'll allow it. I thank you, sir. Um, so I'm reminded immediately of you know like Elon Musk being like pro free market and you know kind of like Joker Two Face. Um, we just had Salva Agaris on our our main show, and he mentioned um, oh I forget his name. Um, the he, he was the head of the Federal Reserve, and before he got picked for that spot, he was like a like gold is money, free market, Rothbardian. And Greenspan. The second, yeah, yeah, Alan thank Greenspan. You. And then as soon as he got into the position, he goes straight Keynesian. Um, right. So that's kind of weird. Yeah. And then you also had um, Jack Dorsey after he left Twitter. I believe he tweeted Rothbard's man economy and state, which is just like the the equivalent of like the free market libertarian anti-government bible uh so which makes me bring which leads me to the war of the elites so obviously they're they have a plan for us but i'm pretty sure that not everyone is on the same page as to what the plan is um so does klaus schwab elon musk uh, you know, Bill Gates, the Council for Foreign Relations, are they all on the same page? Are the Rothbards all on the same page? Um, or you are they? Roth, you mean Rothschilds? Yes, thank you, Rothschilds. Like, so 
I'm sure that there's they have different factions that are constantly warring to get the the future that that they wanted. Um, and I just want to finish with um, the uh, <laughs> Elon Musk has apparently changed his Twitter profile to the Chief Twit. Yes. Which I nice. mean, it got it got a, a stupid smile out of me. I enjoyed that at least. And so I guess uh, if nothing else, at least it's going to be entertaining. Uh, no doubt. Let's, and then, let's hope there's conflict up there or competition at the highest levels that we will never see. Right. And that's our only. And then just back to the Neuralink, I'm pretty sure that a Chinese company is actually beat him first to market on like brain implants but i could be mixing that up with something so i that think that could... was a knockoff <laughs> right so i think that could be why he's trying why he agreed to get twitter so that he can build out the everything app so that he can you know maybe he's not first to market bill he, he'll be first to the neuro universe if that makes sense yeah i think that's a fair point and i think that um you know where i stand ultimately is with what cyprian is saying that elon is not our friend um but i do think that it will be interesting and you know as stella has mentioned as many of us have said there's just so many layers there's so many moving parts to all of these um operations essentially i mean there's just so much pomp um, and distraction associated with this with this story, um, but I think that ultimately it will end up being significant. And what's what's yeah. really funny about Musk is just like the way that he's able to ma manipulate the markets with the things that he says. Um, uh, who was the uh, Martha Stewart went to jail um, for supposedly insider trading, mm -hmm. but like. That's not even nuggets to the chicken, as far as what Elon's doing. <laughs> well, wasn't it? Wasn't it uh, George Soros that just about destroyed the um, city of London financial oh, yeah, setup just uh, by basically a he, sentence? Yeah, he completely ruined the. Um, he destroyed the pound, wasn't it? Is that what it was? Yeah, it was like major destruction of a financial. Yeah, I, I really don't have the um, details at my fingertips, but he, yeah. The point being that how powerful these people are, just it just takes a word or two. Um, just a couple of things about Musk there. I'd just like to remind everyone that his name, Elon Musk, is an anagram of lone scum, so let's not forget mm. that. <laughs> Elon Love is it. definitely not our friend. Mm. He's yeah. definitely not our friend. That's, that's one of the truest statements I've heard all year. Um, but I'd like to see him launch a sink into space. I'd like to see that. That'd be pretty cool. Yes. Okay. Hey, Jackie. Maybe meet up with yes. a car. What do you have for us? <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to bring something kind of light to Jay. Good. All right. So we have, uh, and only because this is not going to be available in mainstream media. It is a little bit of an older story. It was back in April. However, we are not your mama's news. And we never claim to be updated on stuff. However, <laughs> I am going to bring you stuff that I am finding out about as it comes into play. So uh, I've discovered a story, uh, ivermectin available over the counter in Tennessee. 
So Governor Bill Lee has signed SB 2188 that allows ivermectin, an award-winning antiviral drug, to be available for the treatment of COVID-19 without a prescription in Tennessee. The state's Senate overwhelmingly voted 66-20 and the House voted 22-6 in favor. So it was overwhelming. Uh, and that was in Tennessee, which is kind of crazy because you would think that, you know, like DeSantis or the shill that Kemp is, um, like one of them would have came out with it first or even the governor in Texas because they allegedly uh, like freedom. Uh, so it states the pharmacist can provide ivermectin to a patient who is 18 years of age or older pursuant to a valid collaborative pharmacy practice agreement containing a non-patient specific prescriptive order and a standardized procedure developed and ex executed by one or more authorized prescribers. So that basically it means that, yeah. I was just going to say, that doesn't sound like over-the-counter in the same way that you can just walk in and buy Tylenol. No. Yeah. So it means that adults can explain their symptoms to the pharmacist, fill out a sheet of listing any pre-existing conditions other than medications they're taking, and the pharmacist can determine the right dosage. Well, that's that's... Okay. That just brings me back to how many people had prescriptions from their doctor for ivermectin over the past three years and the pharmacist refused to fill it. Yeah. But um, if the state is allowing this to happen and they've passed a bill for it to happen, then, you know, there could be, and if, if there is any, there could be some substantial blowback on some of these pharmacies. If someone were to do a class action lawsuit against them, against them for denying their right to health care. So I believe that the Supreme Court has codified into law. I mean, I just know like uh, like Hobby Lobby um, doesn't allow like birth control through their insurance because it's against their religion or something along those lines. So I imagine right. that pharmacy. No, it wasn't birth control. Shit. It was abortions. It was abortions. I don't think it was birth control. Yeah, I'm not. There was a birth control issue at one time with them. Now, I don't know where it ended up going, but I think all reproductive stuff was a thing with Hobby yeah. Lobby. I don't know. That was under Obama. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, no, the owner so, of Hobby Lobby is giving the company away. Did you hear about I saw that? that. I really? To that. who? I don't know, but he's, his, he's announced he's just giving it away as believe, a form of charity or something. I believe God told him to was what yeah, he God. said. As out of out of respect for God, who he says well, is what gave him his success, then shit. I believe he's more in tune. It forward. With, I believe he's more in tune with God than the current pope. But that's a whole nother yeah. rabbit hole to go down. Yeah. Well, I know Pastor Rick Warren. He donates ninety percent of his income, and they live on ten percent. So, um, okay. So I just wanted to just give just like a couple. Uh, there was like some comments in here. And people, I personally, ivermectin, uh, I think I've stated it on here before, but uh, I really learned a lot about ivermectin just from our group in Discord. But unfortunately, the other shills in our group who get COVID don't take it, even though <laughs> they may get it. Okay. And some of these dum-dums have gotten COVID a couple of times, but still choose not to take ivermectin. So anyways, even though they know all the stuff, <laughs> anyways, I got COVID. I'm just kidding with the dum-dums. I love you all. Um, but I got COVID in December of last year and, um, 
got exposed by a fully vaccinated person. He's the one that gave it to me. He was really sick. Uh, and that was on a Saturday. Sunday, I was told I was exposed, whatever, no big deal. Monday, Tuesday, I just, like, since then, I was doubling up on zinc, vitamin D, and all that stuff, um, C, and all that. And then Wednesday, that's when I started getting the flu-like symptoms. Um, it was probably like five o'clock in the afternoon. By the time I got back to the house at 6.30, which, and I can't say that part on the radio, um, but I was able to get some ivermectin and uh, pre previously to that and be prepared. And um, by, by I was slept for like 6.30 to like nine o'clock. When I woke up, I was fine. All my symptoms were gone. So two and a half hours. And my symptoms were gone because I got it very early, right when I first started getting the symptoms, I took, pop, popped a couple ivermectins. And then that was when it was a Thursday, I wasn't feeling fine. Friday, I took the rest of my ivermectin that I had, and I had given some away to the fully vaccinated person, but I shouldn't have because allegedly they're supposed to be protected. So he didn't need mine, but I did anyways, because I love him and my friend's mom who was not vaccinated and got it from her son as well. He exposed us all. So um, anyways, so just wanted to share that. That's a personal story. And just one more. Um, someone said, Ivermectin totally works. I took it uh, for prevention of COVID. My wife did not. My wife got COVID. We were in close contact, slept in the same bed, even drank after her from the same class by accident. We live in an RV, so we're in a confined space together. I'm 66 with diabetes and high blood pressure, so high risk. I did not catch it from her, so I can so I can so for sure it works for prevention. I know several other relations that took ivermectin after getting COVID, and it was a game changer. My daughter had COVID bad. It was in her lungs. Within 20 minutes of taking it, she felt much better and was recovered in a matter of days. Everyone should have this stuff on hand. I find it helps with colds and flu as well. There's even a government study showing it works against cancer tumors, but that's a whole other thing. That's something new. But anyways, that's my ivermectin story. So hopefully if you're near Tennessee, and I don't know if they'll give it to outstate IDs. I was thinking about that myself because in Georgia, we're only a state away. So well, that's so it. I have to devil's advocate real quick. And because uh, th that's that, it. Can someone mute this guy, please? <laughs> no, it's just it is anecdotal. I, you know, I just always, you know, follow the science. And I, I do have to wonder, because I do know how powerful the brain is, that if you believe that taking ivermectin is going to cure you, and you take it, how much of that can be attributed to the placebo effect? Um, well, the first time I had it, I had no idea if it was really going to help or not. Well, fair enough. But it's, it's just one of those funny things that's, you know, the I don't think people realize how powerful the placebo effect really is oh for sure um but mm, yeah that's agree. that's that's all i wanted to say other than um am i the only one that's known about going to like pet stores for antibiotics and stuff for decades or is that is that just like a degenerate <laughs> thing or is that like common knowledge well you can't get Mystic antibiotics terrorism. from pet stores but you can get horse paste no you can absolutely get uh penicillin from pet stores it's, I I didn't know about that, but I know do about think that, that, Justin. that some people that are maybe a little more savvy, a little more hip to that knew that. Like, I feel like I have, um, some family members who were 
up on that, but not me. I think I think that they give that you can buy penicillin. I believe the symptom is like fish rod or something like that for for fish. And um, I mean, obviously, it's not going to be as easy to take as just, you know, popping a pill. Uh, But these, you know, they all come from the same place is what I'm getting at. So, yeah, someone yeah. did talk about that, but I don't I don't know that they have penicillin there. And B, you'd have to be careful, especially with antibiotics on dosages and stuff like that. And if you are going to do something like that, I would, you know, I'm not a doctor or anything. They definitely need to speak to the doctors about this, find out what the dosages and stuff like that are that's it's, good for their body. It's, it's just as a, a disclaimer. Quick, it's just a quick Google search away. Yeah. Okay. But you should definitely take okay, some cool. probiotics with it, for sure. But yeah, I'd say I'm, that that was all I had to to add on to it. I just I'm just reading a little bit about ivermectin here. Actually, just um, I mean, we all know that it's well, they call it a magic bullet. We we know that it won the Nobel Prize in uh, 2015. It's been around for well over 30 years. Um, but the reason that it hasn't really been there hasn't been a lot of research and development tools like in the uh, developing countries because it just says here, researching solutions for neglected diseases is just not a commercially attractive proposition for the pharmaceutical industry because of the weak economic markets of these drugs. In other words, because they're so cheap, it's been provided free by Merck for years. Um, mm-hmm. But even these countries, they only earn you know, $2 a day or something, so they can't even afford you know, little bits. So that, yeah, basically it's just saying the pharmaceutical companies just aren't interested in those countries <laughs> because they just can't make money. Right. So, I mean, not that we don't already know that, but it's just always interesting to see it in black and white. You know? Well, and, how many, and how, how many places will they just not go because they don't have a liability of you? Well, places that they do go because they don't have liability, like when the Gates Foundation goes to Africa. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's keep it moving. Um, Justin, you're next. I, I will kill some time real quick with my story, and it's just a pretty quick one. Um, I know I brought some shot in for you than last week, but I'm going to do it again. <laughs> um so this is from uh, Yahoo Enter- Entertainment, um, I believe originally from the India Wire. Uh, the headline is, Batgirl was just beginning. Warner Brothers' discovery to write off $2 billion in content in Q3 of 2022. Um, so that's three, I'm sorry, $2 billion in content in three months. That they're, uh, they're ditching? Yep. Yep, that they're they're getting rid of. Um, so I just kind of there's not there's not the amount of information that you would like in the article to really you know like piece everything together uh, because I've kind of just been following this loosely from you know various headlines throughout uh, the months. Uh, but uh, I'll just a couple quick notes from the article. Uh, the cancellation of Batgirl was just the tip of the iceberg. Warner Brothers Discovery in an SEC filing on Monday announced that it had written off between $2 billion and $2.5 billion worth of content in the July through September quarter. Um, I'm just getting Warner Brothers Army of Accountants called content impairment and development write-offs are part of greater 
pre-tax restructuring charges recognized in fiscal Q3, totaling between $3.2 and $4.3 billion. Um, I don't know, like, I, the only time I've really ever heard of, like, pre-tax things is, like, with 401ks and stuff. So I don't know what kind of BS they're running here to get literally billions of dollars worth of write-offs. Um, but I digress. Um, so when they're doing other restructuring costs, I guess they're not doing so hot, which isn't a surprise with all the woke nonsense that they just keep putting out that no one wants to watch. Um, so they're also doing mass layoffs and the consolidation of offices and other facilities. Uh, they're doing what's, what they call a strategic content programming assessment. So maybe they're finally starting to get woke, go broke. Right. Uh, and then uh, apparently none of this has had any effect on their uh, stock ticker, which apparently has been taking quite a hit, which, I mean, I can't imagine why they're hemorrhaging billions of dollars. Uh, and then one of the more high-profile cuts last quarter uh, was Batgirl worth $80 million? It, this was almost completed. $80 million they had sucked into it. And a, I don't know if, I don't think it would have been cheaper for them to just not run it. I think that they're able to just, if they don't air it, that's where their pre tax cutoffs come in. Um, and I'll just finish up uh, that they've also been cutting costs by cutting staff. The company laid off 125 from its TV group. Uh, roughly 100 from ad sales and another 70 from HBO and HBO Max in August. And uh, their Q3 earnings will be next Thursday on November 3rd. I'm not going to, I'm not qualified to give financial advice. I am not going to give anyone financial advice. But I would suspect that if you were to short the stock before their Q3 earnings report, you might be able to do pretty well. Yeah, check out Wall Street Silver and see if they have any uh, any recommendations. But Justin, whenever I saw your article was Batgirl is just the beginning, I was like, oh, I mean, I thought it was like, we're going to have 30 more woke programs. <laughs> even, though, even though I know they've already done many and destroyed shows at Brad Binkley shout out Brad has talked a lot about what these companies have done to shows that would normally be you know kind of fun if that's your thing but they really have kind of been ruined with wokeness well and my my favorite part about it is that every time they put out this woke garbage that no one wants to watch they always go to the internet and they go these wascally wasis and and sexist pigs they're all just they they're just being mean and they should like this and they should watch this but they're sexist bigot racist yes it reminds That's my me favorite of uh when the newest version of charlie's angels came out with kristen stewart they were like this this is not a movie for regular white men yeah or, or whatever and then there was another article that was a couple days later that's like why aren't white men watching this movie <laughs> yep like, <laughs> come on <laughs> and then i mean it'll be fun to watch the little mermaid flop um and 
Lord of the Rings. I, I saw it. The mermaid flop. <laughs> it's like a dead fish. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I, I should have brought this article. Um, it was basically saying that uh, because of racists, um, the Rings of Power, which was the Amazon uh, Lord of the Rings series, um, because that flopped because of racism that this might be the start of a recession that that racist caused by making Amazon lose so much money. No, that show uh, is just terrible. Don't get me started on it. And mm. look, here's it, like it's what like it's it's fine like if you want to have like like women and you know people of color and everything in movies and shows, fine. But write a freaking plot, man. <laughs> like, you just can't throw a bunch of black people in a movie and be like, watch the blacks. Like, be mesmerized. Give us your money. <laughs> just, just watch them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really what it is. Look at She-Hulk. Anybody wants, it doesn't matter, like, of anything. You just, basically, when you're watching a movie or show or anything like that, you need to have, like, a story and a plot line to okay, it no, to keep yeah. you engaged and so yeah. forth. Yeah. But now I mean, now they have, now they say that they don't even need to write good stories or plots because now they can just say the reason that no one likes it is because you're a racist, sex, sexist. Yeah, bigot. no, it's just because there's a terrible plot line. Um, Gary <sighs> Vernichuk, if anybody follows him, he is a successful business owner. Um, came here. He has he does a lot of stuff on social media and stuff like that. But uh, I saw a he's got several businesses and so forth and he's really into marketing. Um, and he owned a wine company at one point, <laughs> a subscription wine company. Um, but anyhow, so he, a friend of mine sent me, uh, an Instagram story last night and he was basically like, right now is the time to, um, preserve, uh, if you have any debts to pay that off, don't make any large purchases or anything like that. So they can look him up on Instagram and see that for themselves. Um, but that could be another reason why Disney is, you know, holding back. And you see a lot of these companies, A, right, it's right before the end of the year. And they can utilize that as a tax write-off to write off any profits and stuff like that um, for next year. So, um, that could also be a portion of it as well. And they could just finish that movie next year and do their write-offs this year for it. So that could be something else. And they may not scrap it all together. I mean, that, that's a lot of money that you have tied into something, $80 million. Um, and then just, uh, to scrap that. So, um, let's, we have about 15, 20 minutes left and we, we do need to get to Keel and our Australian, no one knows if she is or not, but we believe she is beautiful. Stella. Really <laughs> sounds she's like the it. true unknown. <laughs> so I'll just, I have a very dark story here to, to, to lower crash the mood, us, crash us right into <laughs> Stella's, whatever she's going to do. This, the Chinese city of Shanghai has started administering an inhalable COVID-19 vaccine. Nightmare. They have developed the technology. They have it. They've started using it. And I, you can just let your mind go wild where this is going to go. Chemtrails? 
I'm yeah, sure that's exactly what I thought. They're just yeah. gonna shove these in a plane, drive them over a city, and just not already dump aerosolized COVID, whatever, whatever they want to stick in us. That they're already doing it right, but specifically the COVID nineteen vaccine has been aerosolized, is being used in China as we speak. Uh, the description of the process is uh, the the they had um, you stick the short nozzle of a translucent white cup in your mouth and in, inhale slowly and then hold your breath for five seconds. And then there you go. No needles. Bing, bang, boom. One person is quoted like as saying. That, I was just thinking, it sounds like taking a bong grid. <laughs> it, it was like drinking a cup of milk tea. When I breathed in, it tasted a bit sweet. So very delightful experience and so, surely will not be used right. for nefarious purposes in the right. future mm. so they're trying to ban like vape juices and <laughs> and like jewels <laughs> because they make delicious flavors to inhale and that's you know attracting kids but so that, let me uh, the one few things i wrote down is this an mrna aerosolized vaccine uh this is a well it's it was one of the vaccines made by china so do i don't do i don't know, know if it's mrna or not specifically and are, do, do we know if there's any other instances of inhalable uh vaccines this is the first one there was there is a vaccine in india where they kind of just kind of spray it up into your nose like yeah, that's, that's not that been way. widely distributed yet, but this is the, the first COVID-19 vaccine that's been, that's being administered to, to the public. So basically it's sort of like crop spraying. They're just going to spray us like yeah. bugs. Yeah, no, this was, I, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was, this is one of the, the fears we had. One of the, you know, the wild fantasy conspiracy theories we, you know, they're just gonna spray it in the air and you won't even have you won't even get a decision it'll just be right there in front of you or they'll they'll make it so people exhale and it'll you'll get into somebody else's lungs or whatever it was the wild theories we were talking about the past uh, couple of years contagious vaccines yeah exactly. contagious vaccines that sort did, of thing did i scoop you ashley i'm sorry um, no, that was one of the things that I was going to say. The other thing that I was going to say is that this is really interesting to me from a perspective of consent, because I almost, if you're looking at this from a spiritual warfare or just spiritual war in general, then I have, have heard that it's almost like a vampire. Like you have to invite them in. Right. And I have heard a similar saying of kind of the, the, the predator class or the, the demons of this world or whatever, that you have to invite them in. And I'm not saying that we won't get sprayed with, um, you know, an aerosolized COVID vaccine. I think it, it is possible, but I also think that part of it for the predator class is consent. It is making you do it against your will, like, or, or excuse me, not against your will, but like the fact that they got you to do it, they got you to submit to them. So if, if they're just spraying it, then you don't have the submission, you know, they'll never have my submission. So 
I, I just think that that's kind of an interesting thought in all this. I, but I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree with you, Ashley, that that's very true. The submission takes the onus off them completely. It's basically giving them permission. I do remember, um, oh gosh, I think it was 2014, 15, perhaps, uh, an article that I was reading. It was Black Rock University from memory. Uh, and they were reporting on shedding vaxes that they'd already made with cattle in mind, but you know what they call us anyway. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I have spoken to a couple of people like naturopaths and uh, medical people and, you know, really pumped them, is shedding a thing? And they, they seem to be quite adamant that yes, it is. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, I, it's Monica's uh, thing, Monica Perez from the uh, Monica's deep dives things a rapist might say uh, it's just it really like it's the thrill of the hunt for them yeah I think that's a factor now how that's going to ultimately play out for us plebs or plebeians um, I don't know but I think that that considering if you're dealing with a psychopath or if you're dealing with a hunter who enjoys toying with what their hunt with their prey and you have a, a group of people that consider you essentially cattle or prey or whatever then there is an element um of that to them yeah this uh this whole covid vaccine thing definitely reminds me of back during the like the the irish famine back in the however many decades ago that was 100 years ago or whatever um they you know they had the the, the catholic irish and I, I may be getting this wrong the details but in the protestant english who were kind of oppressing the irish at the time correct me if i'm wrong at any point here but the the thing was there was uh there was no food in ireland people were starving to death families were starving to death people were just leaving Ireland in mass and the English would set up like tents and they would hold a Protestant sermon and they'd have this big pot of soup up by the, the front of the, the tent. And if you're an Irishman Catholic, you could come in there and you could get the soup, but you had to convert to Protestantism mm. in order to get the soup. Yeah. And so I think the old saying was, oh, what happened to so-and-so? Oh, they, they took the soup, meaning they went and they, they ate the soup and converted to Protestantism. So they're kind of lost to us now. But the, the taking of the vaccine always reminds me of that concept, like, come and get the soup, you know, you'll yeah. be, you'll be fine, yeah. but you have to, you have to, you know, sell your soul to do it. Exactly. And, I mean, and there are people that have, have that are way more well-versed in this stuff than me that talk about this was ritualistic. This is a new religion. You wear the mask that, you know, the covering of the face, all of these mm -hmm. things tie together with the initiation into the church of woke. Right. Can I wait totally. to us real quick? Please do. <laughs> so if you want to stay away from the aerosolized vaccine, just wear a mask. <laughs> Safe and effective. There you go. Mic right. drop. I'm out. Let's go, Stella. <laughs> <laughs> bring, bring us, bring us out of this pit. 
Oh boy, um, I don't know if I can white pill. <laughs> uh, I was uh, looking up a little bit more about this these bugs that were, you know, you shall eat the bugs, mm-hmm. um, because I just wasn't sure if it was true what they were telling us that it was going to be in a thousand schools in Australia and so many schools in Austria or wherever. So I just wanted to look into it a little bit more. I was actually going to call a couple of schools, but I didn't really need to do that. Um, because the more I looked into it, it was like, wow, this is a massive industry. It's absolutely huge. And uh, so, yeah, just just in the in the trip of doing the research, I just found a few little interesting things. Um, so there's a few new buzzwords we'll probably be hearing. Um, one of them is neophobia, which basically means the irrational and persistent fear of trying new things. So we don't want to be neophobists, do we? Uh, Entomophagy, sorry, entomophagy. I I did rehearse these, but I still got them wrong. Um, The practice of eating insects, especially by humans. So we will be entomophagists. Mm. Um, And there's this other sort of more of a propaganda Barnum statement thing they're trying to make it catch on. Geoentomarian, which is a person who chooses a better more sustainable lifestyle by Mm. basically eating bugs in the nutshell um so there's a few little buzzwords that i came across um i wanted to find out when the first insect powder was made and so i i googled when was insect powder first made and the first thing that came up was ddt because they actually call they actually call um bug killing stuff insect powder which i thought was just an interesting little funny thing you know it's for the extermination of insects insect powder which they're now trying to feed us but um shout out to justin hey yeah uh, <laughs> our exterminator well, i can give you all kind of, they used to pour diesel into lakes and ponds diesel fuel to get rid of mosquitoes yeah yeah no, it's very environmental wasn't it very um so yeah this this industry is absolutely huge so basically i as of uh by 2023, they expect it to have reached 1.4 billion. And within another 10 years, they're expecting it to go up to uh, 10 billion over the next five years and 100 billion by 2030. So that's just for the Australian government assessment. <laughs> so it's going to be a big market here. So anyway, there's a whole bunch of products which I looked into. The Basically, the insects that are going to be used are crickets, uh, these things called black soldier flies, they really love them because the black soldier flies actually consume food waste. So they're like this complete little environmental mm-hmm. machine. Uh, mealworms, buffalo worms, grasshoppers, ants, silkworms, cicadas, um, and other edible insects. So God knows what else they're going to mm-hmm. shove in. They're already doing it into certain products there's different names for them i haven't been able to find them just yet but i will definitely report back when i find out what names they're using these ingredients and putting them on labels um but that includes so there's insect powder protein bars and protein shake powder it's a really big industry the health industry their protein food um so it, it basically also splits into two um, subsections of the industry, I guess. So, so there's animal feed, which has been happening for quite some time, insects for animal feed. And then now there's, of course, for human consumption, which is 
relatively new, but I think it's older than they were making out. Um, and it goes on with all the different countries that are taking part. Um, Switzerland was actually the first country to uh, become, uh, to change their laws actually in 2017. They had to actually change a law to allow the sale of insect-based food for human consumption. So, you know, they just changed the law because they can. <laughs> I'm sure they didn't yeah. have a vote about it. And there's a, a big predator class connection to Switzerland also. I believe that is where Klaus Schwab makes his home is Switzerland. That's yes. where they have uh, Davos, uh, yes. a location in Switzerland, but that's where they have the predator class meeting, um, you know, every year too. So uh, really quick, I just wanted to say I like the vocabulary Stella, the hashtag what to watch out for those vocabulary words coming down the line. That's very interesting mm. um, to me to see what actually will pan out as far as that goes and, and what are going to be the propaganda buzzwords um, well, that we will see. Yeah. So yeah. that's really cool. And, and the other I, thing, oh, what, oh, hold on one sec. No, Justin. no, I'm sorry. The other thing I wanted to say, Stella, is um, do you, I know you are still researching, but do you have a little, we talked about this earlier today, um, blip on what, and we may have even talked about on the podcast, but what is it in bugs that is potentially an allergen that, which is a whole other issue, but they are feeding this stuff to school children. And yet there's the hypervigilance over peanuts and shrimp and things like that. Yes. Um, yes. Well, that was part of what I was going to talk about. Actually, you oh, okay, see, okay. that's that's the uh, no. That's that. I'm glad that you asked. Um, it's called chitin. C H I T I N. I don't know if it's chitin or chitin. Not, not chitlin. It's the American pronunciation is chitin. Yeah, chitin. Chitin. Oh, chitin. Chitin. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure there'll I mean, be different pronunciations. Yeah, yeah I, was I haven't heard that, anyone say it. That's why I said the American enunciation. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, that, that they know all about that, but there's surprisingly in the research that I've done, there's very, very little talked about that angle. Um, but um, I'll just get to that bit actually first. So yeah, some of the things that uh, really should be talked about, uh, you know, they should be in flashing lights, really, as you say, Ashley, you know, they're always so overly careful about eggs and peanuts and all that sort of thing, schools particularly probably more about legalization, uh, not wanting to be sued. But um, yeah, so they don't really talk about this chitin much. In fact, um, there's some statistics here <laughs> for what you can believe. Uh, recent studies have shown that 18% of fatal reactions to foods in China were a result of consuming insects. 18% of fatal wow. reactions. That's pretty high. That is high. Um, Very high. Does uh, well, well, nearly 8% of insect consumers in Laos, 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 Laos. Laos. yep, exhibited, uh, also exhibited allergic reactions. So, um, I mean, they're, they're places where they're consumed fairly regularly. So that's a fairly high percentage of people that have bad reactions. Uh, it's not really mentioned very much. Some of the other hazards that are included in um, consumption of insects are, um, creating allergens like that, uh, pesticide residues, uh, something called mycotoxins, uh, heavy metals, pathogenic microorganisms, parasites, they're absolutely covered in parasites uh, and other and other things. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Sorry, Justin, what were you going to say then? 
Well, that's uh, first of all, I just wanted to jump in and say I doubt that we. I I feel like in like the World Economic Forum YouTube video like meetings that they put on YouTube, that's where we'll hear those big words that they use to declass you know classify everyone because. I can't speak for Australians, but if an American hears that word, it's just going to go in one ear out the other like it never even happened because we're way too dumb for big words like that. We got like a four, <laughs> maybe five syllable maximum of tops. <laughs> okay, we're repeating them enough. It'll it'll get in eventually. I That's think they do, isn't it? Some- yeah, I think some of them might become buzzwords, right? But then I also think uh, Justin does make a very good point because I did have that thought also that may some of it may get dumbed down so it's going to be interesting to see but there's probably gonna be two versions right so you're gonna have like the atlantic Mm -hmm. version and then you're gonna have like the um i don't know whatever's the every man i don't know like the cnn the retard version (laughs) i'll say it i'll say it there's um there's other things that are never mentioned either things like um they highly recommend that in all these bugs, the legs and the wings should be removed because they can get uh, lodged in the um, the intestine and create, mm. yeah, create all sorts of um, problems there with the little barbs that are on the spines that are on the uh, the tibia of the leg of wow. the insect. So, the, yeah, legs and wings should be removed, but not I much is said about that. What really surprises me about that is. I would have assumed that our stomach acid would have broke that down. Like, that's wild. When was the last that, time that you, you ate? When was the last time you ate some uh, corn on the cob? <laughs> yeah, good point. Mm, all right, uh, I, I'm just gonna go back to my corner right there. <laughs> Here's me, like knowing what Kill is getting ready to say. You like, can see. If, if, if you're watching, you can see it on his face. So that's why I do recommend always tuning in to the video version. <laughs> There's can a couple I, of other little... I'm sorry, man. Go. Oh, no, it's a, can I just drop off... I just want to drop off a retarded conspiracy theory real quick. Because right now in the, in the you know, um, pest management industry, the gold standard that's going to be the next billion-dollar item or spider pheromone traps. And I started thinking about this the other day that if this actually, because I'm, I mean, I'm killing, you know, at least a dozen spiders mm. a day just by knocking their out, them out of their webs and stepping on them. If you get spider pheromone traps, you're going to be killing, you know, I kill hundreds of them a day, essentially. But spiders are one of the number one um, they aren't technically insects, but we'll call them insects for um, ease of use. And they're one of the number one insects that result in the reduction of other insects. Like all spiders yes. exist to do are to eat more insects. So now I'm thinking that they're trying to like this is the gold standard for the next item because they're going to need an increase in bug populations because that's what everyone's going to be eating. That's, yeah, that, but that's don't just, forget these bugs are going to be farmed. That's they're going to be farmed bugs. Um, that's why. Which that's brings why it's me so just, <laughs> There was a couple of other little bits of, you know, hey, when you research, you just go off into a million different paths. But mm-hmm. um, I wanted to research the Australian company that was providing uh, these one thousand canteens around the nation, which by next year will be six thousand. 
Um, it, so this company that I was looking at was called yeah. Edible Bug Shop. The Edible Bug Shop in 2007, it, start, it was started by an entomologist who previously this lady used to allegedly raise butterflies for things like wedding releases and all that kind of thing. Um, and she, so being an entomologist, she then moved into the logical edible bug industry. That's, that's the story anyway. And then she suddenly got this interjection of money in 2019, 2020. Um, I wanted to find out where that money came from. She rebranded herself then as Circle Harvest. Okay, Circle. Um, so anyway, it took a little while to figure out where that money came from, but eventually I traced it to Mars Food Company. Mm. Ooh, that's a good find, Stella. And that links mm. it back to Elon. There we go. <laughs> it all links up. We know that. Um, but I was absolutely astounded. I was looking at the products on, on the, uh, the website of Circle Harvest. And the prices of these things are incredible. So for 20 gram snack pack of mealworms, which is just like a little resealable stand-up pack, 20 snack grams, pack. right? That's not much. Yes. No, it's so yummy. 20 grams. $15 Australian, which is $9.40 US wow. plus they, postage. Does it say if they're dried? I imagine they're dried, right? They are dried. Yes, they are dried. So, that's yeah, a that's lot be... of money. Yeah. I would that's say branding. Nine... So to me, it was sort of like, well, is this even serious? Because a, a lot of the products were had a sold out thing on them too, which I thought was a little bit sus. So anyway, there's just, just tonight, they've got all sorts of things, uh, products, which sound as gross as each other. Yeah. Um, so then I started looking into, oh yes. And on their facts, frequently asked questions page down at number four, like it's really not that important is the question. Can some people have allergic reactions to insect protein? Yes, people that are allergic to shellfish can have a similar reaction when eating edible insects. So we advise against eating them if you're allergic to shellfish. That's number four. That it's, should be in bright flashing lights. Yep. Okay. So is what makes people allergic to shellfish, is that also chitin? Yes. Yes, it's the same thing. It's also found in fungus and shellfish. So then I was just quickly looking at uh, another company called Entomo Farms. This is the company that tried have tried to push that uh, geo-entomarian term. This is a Canadian company, and I won't go into the whole details I've got written down because I've probably talked too long anyway. But I thought the interesting thing here was that they're one of the biggest farms, also um, a family company, also were past entomologists that raised food for reptiles, etc. Uh, I, th I thought that was a funny irony. They raised food for reptiles to feed reptiles, and now the reptiles are raising food to feed us. But anyway, um, the they, circle uh, of life. They a, yes, they are a bug uh, farm company. Which here's the interesting thing: was like this is all about global warming and saving the planet and all that shit, right? It goes down to the climate emergency. So that's why they're feeding us bugs. However, in cold climates like Canada, the bugs require heating for seven months of the year. Uh, that's not a very environmental no. uh, a way of producing an industry. No. Right? So there's that. That's just more hypocrisy, which they never mention. Um, 
yeah, and there was there was two. There was a little connection with those two companies too, because both of them involved Shark Tank. You know that company, that show where yeah. people go on and yeah, there was a Shark Tank connection with both those companies, which I thought was just an interesting little thing. Um, I'm sure that show is there for a reason. 100%. So yeah, I mean, look, I could go on and on about this, but that you sort of get yeah, the point. There's a few uh, little interesting things to look at. Mars Company was very interesting, but I'll save that one. Yeah, but give the give the listeners a a path to go down. Yeah, actually, here's um, a path. Oh, go ahead, Stella. Sorry, I was just going to say. Well, here's a path to go down. Go and go and look into the Mars Food Company. It's got an interesting <clears throat> history as well as um, what they're doing now. But uh, look into the history of that. Um, it's it's older than you think. Like here's some interesting little little facts here. Where is it? Uh, and while you're pulling that up, first, Paula, I just wanted yeah. to say really quickly one thing that, um, and I'll I'll tweet this out too, um, that maybe we can give people an assignment of trying to find a like, you know, an American company. I mean, Mars is American originally, but uh, other brands that are potentially already being served here in the United States because I have seen some snacks online where people have said that there's like ground up crickets in there. So maybe that can be something that they can get back to us on is what kind of snacks are you finding that you can get right now here in the States that have bugs in them? Because I'm hungry. That, that, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea because um, that should be the, uh, the research takeaways. Do what you just said, and then find out what company owns that product as well. And look into that company because I've mentioned Mars, but that's just one company even though they are a very encompassing company because they have massive interest in the pet food industry, pet care industry, the aquarium industry. So they've got the human consumption and the, the animal consumption industries wrapped up under their umbrella. So yeah. massive industry. But, yeah, look into Mars and some of the other um, companies. Nestle's, another, Nestle's and, another huge one. Mm, yes, and, yes. Sure and the palm oil us. use, which is completely un, unenvironmental. Yep. Big bugs. Go ahead and provide us with the links on that as well. Right? right. Okay, fantastic. So, will, yes. um, well, Ashley, why don't you go ahead or Keel give us the where people can find us. Keel, you can go ahead and provide that. Well, the only, the only one I know off the top of my head is unionoftheunknowns.com. That's our website. It's got all of our information there, but uh, just in case you're too busy to type, uh, does anybody have our phone number and Twitter handle and Facebook page? We don't have a Facebook and page, do we? I got, I got the phone number. It's 404-482-3130. If you hear me say a different number in a previous podcast, ha, 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 I was just joking. I'm totally not retarded and didn't, didn't screw that up. Um, and then I did, for the love of God, guys, like for our, our listeners, Get yourself a Costco or a Sam's Club membership or something and start stockpiling meat. You can get a $200, $300 freezer from like Best Buy. Store up as much as you can and you can learn to hunt deer and elk or whatever else is, is local to you to fill that freezer up late with, with later, um, assuming that they still let us have electricity. That's a big assumption. It is. Okay, so the bugs. <laughs> well, and I think we lost Kyle. So, um, man, 
It's his his internet is perfect until he is here trying to talk talk to us about some liberty and freedom. So I gotta wonder if he's on Hillary Clinton's hot list. Hey, you never know. <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, I think that's about it. Does anyone is there anything else to, to run over before we head out for the night? I think that's it. What's what's the Twitter? Oh, our Twitter is at Union Unknowns. So definitely um, hit us up there. And I really would like if anyone does find uh, some of the these research topics, if you find some of these companies, please tweet at us. We'll share in the Discord. Don't forget um, actually to join us on Discord. Join the conversation with us and see what we talk about there. And we would love to have your input on the show, on the topics, and uh, just in general. So thank you. Yeah. It was a pleasure, everyone. It's a blast as always. Agreed. What's what's our topic for the next main show we have dropping on Saturday? So we have, uh, we're recording on oh, this I'm coming sorry. Saturday. Yep. Monday. And Tunes is going to be leading one of those. And the topic is toxic masculinity. And then Ooh. I'm not sure what the other topic is going to be. So toxic, toxic, be mas- toxic masculinity sounds like a fun one. Oh that, yeah. That's that if, if I had a stage name, that's what it would be. Agreed. <laughs> I right, love well, it. Thanks for hanging out, everyone. Um, we'll see you uh, in a week or so, and we'll, we'll update you on some more news. Thanks, everyone. Okay, sounds good. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Not Your Mama's News has been a production of the Union of the Unknowns podcast. New episodes are available weekly on all your favorite podcasting networks.